Hey, Cameron. Yeah, Miles? You ever heard of Dead and Breakfast? Well, yeah. You've shown that to me before. Oh. But I know someone who hasn't seen it. You, you guys know they can't see you staring at me, right? Whoops. We're coming to kill ya, we're coming to kill ya, coming to kill ya, we're coming to kill ya, we're coming to kill ya, coming to kill ya, we're coming to kill ya, we're coming to kill ya, coming to kill ya, we're coming to kill ya, we're coming to kill ya, coming to kill ya. I wanna taste the hemophilia, a drop of thalassemia, I'll drink your blood if you got sickle cellin. Hello, people of the internet. It's me, Miles. And Cam. And today we have a guest with us. Say hello, Gareth. Hello! So you should probably tell us a little bit about yourself so everybody knows. Hi, uh, my name's Gareth Villanueva. I am a friend of Doug's since, or Cam, early childhood, or Cam, uh, (laughs) since early, early childhood, and a friend of Miles for a couple years now. Uh, Hunting buddies, old family friends, uh, lover of the outdoors, and... Horror film enthusiast. Horror film enthusiast. (laughs) That's why we're all here today, right? Exactly. So now that we know about Gareth, uh, let's talk a little about what we're showing today. Today, I've decided to show, uh, well, Cameron and I decided to show Gareth the good old movie, Dead and Breakfast. Mm. It's a 2005 movie uh, about a bunch of friends who take a wrong turn when on their way to the wedding, and they get stuck in a little town called Lovelock, which starts a zombie apocalypse. Uh, it's a fairly unknown cast. It includes people like Jeremy Sisko, Eric Palladino... So on and so forth. Uh, now, Gareth. David Carradine's niece. Yes. <laughs> Portia de Rossi, right at the beginning of her fame. Yeah. <laughs> now, Gareth, uh, did you like the movie? I did, yeah. This is this is a movie I would recommend to certain other people. Um, obviously not suitable for grandma. People get their heads cut off and stuff like that. Hey, but... now. Hey, now. Some grandmas like those types of movies. That's true. If your grandma's hardcore, I know mine would not, not like that. But, uh, yeah, no, anyone that, like, likes lighter horror films, like Shaun of the Dead or lighter, more comedy-focused horror films like that would definitely appreciate this movie. If you like your horror movies, like you like your pizza, the cheesier the better, this might be for you. Ah. (laughs) God. So we're going to go into some spoiler territory here, so we're going to use our usual music uh, to pause and watch this movie, because it's really worth it, actually, in my opinion. So, let's get on with this. Well, three young couples were riding along, they had the directions messed up wrong, so they stopped in Love Lock to take a snooze. They were on their way to a friend's wedding. They had no idea what they were getting into when through town they happened to cruise. Hello, everyone. So, we're going to get on to this. We're just going to talk a little bit about the plot here. So, six friends, well, not really all friends, but a couple friends and four friends and two cousins end up traveling in an RV to get to a wedding, and the driver gets a little lost, and they end up uh, heading to Love Lost. Uh, they end up in the town fairly late, so they have to find a bed and breakfast to stay in. And they decide to stay at this guy's house named Mr. Weiss. Uh, while they're gassing up, we get introduced by, to one of the greatest characters ever designed, Randy, Randall Keith Randall. Oh, God mm-hmm. bless his heart. Who is a, And uh, his music. <laughs> yes. He's uh, the gas station attendant, mechanic, and... Uh, art? Musician. musician. A musician, yeah. yes. I mean, <laughs> Bard. <laughs> Bard is pretty accurate to his role in the film, too. Exactly. So, uh, basically when the group 
ends up getting to the bed and breakfast. They don't make very good first impression with the chef and just get some rooms for the night. Uh, Mr. Weiss, uh, David is uh, doing some drugs and drinking. As one does. As one does after a big fight before a wedding. (laughs) That should tell you plenty about his character. Uh, And a bunch of stuff ends up happening. Uh, Not good good stuff, that's for sure. Yeah, bad stuff. Uh, They end up getting almost framed for murder. Yeah, and I mean, I, I can't get remember. it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're outsiders. They're outsiders, and uh, the chef gets killed. Well, and... plus, if I were a cop, and, you know, five or six assholes from out of town show up to a local bed and breakfast, and suddenly both people that operate the bed and breakfast are dead, and all the guests are totally fine, I'd be reasonably suspicious. That's hey, hey, you yep. six out of towners who I don't know. Do you know why your two hosts are now dead? No, total coincidence. Hmm. Hmm. Things just happened. Things just go bump in the night. To be fair, I mean, this chef could have committed suicide. You know, stabbed himself 37 times and slit his own throat. It's it's totally possible. That and Mr. Wise had a heart attack. So, I mean... uh, The heart attack could have slipped through. Yes. The multiple stab wounds, a little harder to let slide. Maybe he's a meth addict. I don't know. There's... <laughs> we're, we don't know. We're fleshing this character out more than the writers did. <laughs> that's yeah, a, that's uh... a good point. That's a good point. Maybe we should since kind we're... of roll back a little bit, huh? Since we're, since we're talking about the characters in Castle, <laughs> we might as well just continue on about the characters in Cast here. Um, so we got uh, Ever Carradine as Sarah, uh, David's niece. Uh, David Carradine. Oh, uh, David Carradine's niece. Yes, yeah. David Carradine's Like real niece. life niece. Yes. yes. Uh, she's playing a character, Sarah. Um, prob- what would you say Sarah is? She is the hyper-competent one. Yeah, the one, especially because you would never expect it of her. Yeah. I would say they have the only competent one. Based I don't know on that how that she- movie went. I don't know. I feel like uh, the record keeper was pretty competent. Oh, yes. There are other people that are, like, competent in their own ways, but she's the one who just is, like, she delegates, she comes up with the plan and everything like that. That's why, that's why I say she's hyper-competent, because she just went above and beyond and was uh, surprisingly good at, like, everything. <laughs> so then we got uh, Gina Phillips as Melody, the uh, vegan of the group. <laughs> yeah, the non-violent, the quiet one, the... Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Eric Palladino as David, the Fonz of the group. The <laughs> drunken mess. Yes, the Fonz of the group. <laughs> Ouch. Not Sorry. a fan. Not a uh, fan, huh? Not really, no. <laughs> uh, Bian- Bianca? Bianca La- uh, Lawson as Katie. Who's Katie again? She's the one who's uh, with David. You know, oh you, yes, you know, the she, Jackie of yes, the oh, exactly the mm-hmm. Jackie Thomas of that seventy show. I believe Thomas was her last name. Well, I, I can't remember what her last name is, but yes, if you know that seventy show, you know Jackie exactly. Uh, Jeremy Sisto as Christian, he's the douchebag skater rock and roll guy. I guess you'd say he's he's the laid back one who I think is what you would think of as the Fonz, but is down back. Yeah. He still kind of like has that I'm too cool vibe and is ultimately a huge jackass. And Oz Perkins is Johnny. 
Johnny's the uh, the quiet one, the quiet creep. They have the creepy, weird one that uh, says a prayer for every little piece of roadkill he sees. Oh, that's what it was that he yeah. did. Yeah. That's why he had the list. Right. <laughs> well, I, I didn't remember exactly what it was that that was why he had the list. So another person that we didn't really talk about here, but uh, apparently became kind of a big deal, is uh, Portia D. Uh, Durasi. Portia Durasi. Uh Yeah, the right. one who married Ellen DeGeneres and was Lindsay Bluth in Arrested Development. Yep. Technically, you could say she is the main driver of the plot, despite having probably a minute of screen time. Right, because she's the cousin who's getting married, and that's whose wedding they're going to. Yeah. So she's, what, there for, like, a scene? Pretty yeah, much. One scene. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you? My wedding is happening. Thank you, Portia. That sounded exactly like her. <laughs> gold star. Two gold nice. star. Uh, so... Let's talk about uh, the characters in general. Did you feel that they were fleshed out? Uh, not at all. They were, um, I mean, I get it. It's, it's a lighthearted comedy drama. I shouldn't set the bar too high, especially because <laughs> lots of the characters die pretty quickly. So you don't really have time to flesh them out. Right? It's like, oh, I'm Christian. I'm the, this guy, blah, 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 dead. Oh, I'm, you know, this other guy, dead. Don't really have a lot of time to flesh it out when you're on screen for like, you know, 30, maybe 40 minutes. And then it's like, oh, what are your character traits? Oh, I'm drunk. And then you're, you're dead. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah. You, you were you were a guy. You, you were a guy. I mean, let's be fair yeah. here. Christian dies pretty soon compared to everybody else. But everyone else like stays alive for a long time. Now, Cameron, don't lose your head on this one. Okay. Uh, All right. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll lay off a little bit. <laughs> Now, uh, would you say you relate to any of the characters? Oh, I hope not. Uh, <laughs> you know what? The lady in the records room, okay? Because when I was young, I worked at a library. And, like, you know, a library would, would be a fine job. Uh, my sister actually has her Master's of Library and Information Sciences now. And I'm a little jealous because a library would be a good job. Because what do I like? Books. I could get paid to work with books all day. Instead, I go out and deal with aggressive coyotes and angry people in the woods. So, yeah. To be fair, though, you don't always get to deal with the books. You have to deal with the people that wreck the books. Or the people that do other things that you don't want them to do in the library. It's like saying, you know, I want to be a vet because I love animals. And then you realize, oh, you have to actually put animals down. Ah, it's okay. I'll just... You'll just stick wow, to the I fact can't that say it's anything books. non-incriminating. Uh. <laughs> Statement redacted. <laughs> yeah, no, I would definitely say records room lady. Yeah, okay. You? Cameron? Cam? Cameron um, is clearly the uh, the end is nigh guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just a sandwich board all the time? Um, who is my favorite character? Um, probably actually Randall. Not necessarily favorite, but which one do you relate to? Oh, 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 right. That I relate? Oh, um. Although you could still be a Randall because you sing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd probably say at that point either Randall or then it would probably be Melody. Probably just like kind of like standoff, standoffish kind of, well kind of quiet at least when i'm around new people well i think you are a beautiful 
person, but you you do not fit that because you eat meat. <laughs> I know. I'm not. I know. I know. I know. Like you, if we ignore should. the vegan part, right? The vegan uh, and the not killing part. Sure. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, at that point, then that that kind of like puts me in line to be um uh, to be to be Gina, and I'm I'm not that competent. I'm not that competent. Oh, you mean Sarah? Yeah. Oh, right. Sorry, Sarah. Yeah. That's okay. You could be David. <laughs> not totally confident, but still decent. That's a good point. You know what? You're right. Or the sheriff. You could be the sheriff. Yeah. 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 Or maybe the deputy. <laughs> I'll take sheriff. <laughs> so for me, I think I actually, uh, I'm a little embarrassed to say this, but I feel like I'm Johnny after he gets possessed. <laughs> wow. Just the dark sense of humor. Oh, unbelievably. I, I have Playing with decapitated heads and stuff. And... My sense of humor doesn't know no bounds. Are you allowed in a morgue? I was in a morgue. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything about that, but I've been in morgues. Well, I was allowed I once. <laughs> have to say I'm not a huge fan of the fact that bodies will just randomly move sometimes. Oh. Yeah, it's it's really weird. Don't um, like that. Yeah, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm, we're looking at this thing, being like, how are we going to keep this place cool? You know, the AC's not working right now. And then all of a sudden, you just hear like a little shuffle and just jump and turn around and you're like what the hell is that and you're just watching you're like are you gonna get up this is a joke you guys you guys are trying to pull a fast one on me right you're gonna have one of your buddies laying down trying to be a dead guy like no they just do that and it's like what yeah the body just sometimes twitches if it's like you know 48 hours after death it's just something that happens it's natural it's natural don't worry about it no okay. oh the best yeah, part yeah. though is uh, the, the people that were working at the morgue that I was in, they refer to the bodies as their buddies. Ah, see now that you know, it'll be like yeah, that, I just that's, got that's three different. bodies. I just got three buddies inside here. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I don't ever want to be in a situation where somebody says I've got three bodies in my freezer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm going home yeah we don't we don't we don't want you to be in that situation I, I, either garrett I'm going we, can't, home. we can't say that about deer <laughs> is a deer really your buddy of I mean, course deer, oh okay i mean he's you're giving right up everything he's, yes me. that's he's right that's right that's that's very true now let's stop getting so dark here <laughs> we've lost half our listeners <laughs> yeah for those of you still with us <laughs> uh so uh let me ask you a question here uh do you think that Johnny and Christian should get married? Uh, well, it feels a little one-sided because one of them is only... Well, well Johnny was inside Christian for quite a while there. I know. Oh. 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 I had a lot of back and forth. Oh, oh Miles. <laughs> oh. 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 <sighs> oh. <laughs> So, <laughs> just a minute of sighing. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, let's talk about uh, the dialogue of the movie. Do you think it worked? Uh, again, like I said earlier, it's not. Th- this isn't trying to win any awards. It did what it meant was meant to do. It carried the plot. There were there were some funny moments, like some actual laugh out loud moments, which is like the point of these comedy horror films. Like there were a couple times where I was actually legit laughing so that was good um yeah like it wasn't one of those films that makes you you know confront your mortality or you know consider the social implications of drifter society and homeless zombie movies but 
I mean, we could it, absolutely it do that. With oh, we could definitely look way too deep into this. But again, the writers didn't, so neither should we. Fair enough. I have to say I like the uh, dialogue where at the end of every act, they have Randall, Keith Randall, recite what just happened and talk about it. And even when he becomes a zombie, he still continues doing this until his eventual end. Well, that guy's got the hustle. Oh, he does. The ultimate Sigma male grind set right there. I gotta say that his whole shtick is probably the thing that sets this film apart from others of its ilk. Yeah. It kind of elevated the film because, honestly, the dialogue, especially at the beginning, sucked. (laughs) Or, like... I did not enjoy it because it was just so awkward and it just, it just seemed like the, 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 the actors didn't know how they were supposed to deliver their lines. Like they had really poor direction and just like no sense of how things were supposed to go. And it just, yeah, I did not like it. Well, would you say it seemed awkward? I didn't, I just say that? No. Oh, well, I, dang, I meant to say that. <laughs> I meant to say that it's very awkward, and I did not like that. Almost as if they just skipped the table read and were given their lines in the RV. All right, guys, in three, two, oh, shit. <laughs> to be I, fair, though, uh, kind of. it's really four friends and two outsiders, so they didn't really know how to be with each other. So, Oh, that's... Oh. Of course, it was awkward. You know, I think they nailed it there, because... Oh. You don't really know who you are around people. You haven't really met them, especially at the ages I'm pretty sure they're trying to portray the early 20s. Well, if I, was I didn't with, think like, about it that way. Okay, that changes things. I was going to say, if I was with three of my friends, like you guys and one of our other mutual friends, and then, you know, Doug brought two of his weird cousins along and one of them is praying to roadkill, I would also be a bit awkward if I was stuck in an RV with them. Hey, guy that's praying to dead animals on the side of the road, I'm sharing your bunk. So, please don't kill me in the night. That is a very good point. I had not, big considered, question is, are you, I had not considered this. Big question is, are you Big Spoon, Little Spoon? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> you know what? I'll be Little Spoon, because it's okay. always easier. Your oh, arms won't enough. fall asleep. Like, <laughs> That's good to it know. It just sucks when you're like, your arm falls asleep and you have to like, roll over and wake them up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, is, this is changing kind of like my opinion of the first third of the film, which to me I thought was actually like the weakest part of the film. We're having an epiphany here. I know, it's weird. You get to watch it in real time. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, nice. It's like a whole other shade of dark. I suppose, I guess that's one way to look at it, you know. Uh, Instead of it being gray, it's just like a more burgundy red or something. I don't know, more purple in it. You know, it's not just black and white. There's a little more red in it. Yep. Now, speaking red of black and white with red, red uh, what do you guys think about the production and uh, production design and the special effects? Uh, well, for me, one of my favorite parts about this film is that it did use a lot of practical effects. Um, just because we, we've all seen a lot of other movies from back in that time. Like, the movie came out in 2004, you said, right? 2005. Mm-hmm. 2005. So we've seen a lot of movies from 2005 that used CGI and it has aged poorly. Like, think of the first Underworld movies, and you see the werewolves. Like, yeah. it it looks bad. It what? Are you, were, were you thinking the same? Yes, thing? I was. So like, because because when you look at it, like you know, how the heck did that happen? I you know what synchronicity. I've known you since we were six. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like because it's one of those things where um, 
practical effects, like it, it's always going to look the same year after year. It's all just based on the quality of the uh, makeup artist. You know, mm-hmm. you get like your little latex fake scars and your oozing blood stuff. And like you can like the human eye is still really good at telling what is real and what's not like the uncanny valley is a real thing. And mm-hmm. when you look at practical effects from, you know, decades ago it still looks pretty good to this day like think of the old dark crystal movies from like the remember the dark crystal from the mm-hmm. 90s like mm-hmm. it's, oh, i love those movies I, did you watch the series on netflix no not yet but don't say anything okay I am. okay <laughs> do watch it but like because they they uh brought back jim henson's uh team and they still use like a lot of the real puppets and stuff and like yeah. it looks good it looks more solid it's just better than like i'm sorry it's better than any cgi is going to be at least for a couple years still, because CGI now it's better for like you know the large, epic, grand scale battles that you can't realistically make. Like I don't think humans are really good at you know making practical effects for space aliens, you know, nuking New York. But um, and then you get you know Star Wars: A New Hope, Carrie Fisher at the end of Rogue One. Oh yeah, right. Was... Or. What have was you that, have you seen Rogue One? Was, was was that where she came back with her weird CGI? Yes, yes, God, yes that was bad. Yes. That was bad. It's either that or Grand Moff Tarkin that using was... Peter Cushing, who has been dead for like twenty five or maybe even thirty years. Yeah, that was very uncanny valley. And if Disney still can't do it right, then who could? But like again, these guys using the practical effect and like using very minimal, especially like CGI or any of that stuff. That was the right move. I really liked how they actually covered up. Instead of using CGI, they just would show you a uh, almost a comic book section, a black and white picture with a little bit of red, being like, "Hey, look, this is basically what's happening." So it's kind of giving you that, uh, making your mind fill in the blanks and create that scene just by giving you one simple picture. As they said, a picture is worth a thousand words. And that was or in this case, one possession. Oh. <laughs> But you're right, it also gave us more time with Randall Keith Randall. It did. And like those two things combined, like the comic book scenes and the Randall Keith Randall was one of the things that I think we all agree did help separate this from other films that were coming out around the same time. Mm -hmm. Or even like comparing it to other zombie films of its type that have been made over the years. I mean, zombie films have been around for decades. What? Uh, The first... Romero film came out in like what the late seventies or something. Was that the, the first Dawn of the Dead? Well, yeah, uh, I think it, I, I think Night of the Living Dead that is right. uh, the first one that he did. But like the first one that he did, I'm pretty sure zombies have been around for a while. They maybe just didn't call them that, like Omega Man or um, can't remember what the heck they called the one that had Vincent Price in it. But uh, you know, I am Legend, right? Yep. Oh, There's, Biohazard Man. Well, uh, I don't think that's what. Anyways, anyways, yeah, um, was, even though those been. are vampires, they're still zombies as we know them because that's the way they they act. But those, you know, are like from the fifties and sixties, right? So, zombie movies have been around for a really long time. So, one thing that I will mention about this movie is uh, the fact that the zombies that they use in this are not like the zombies that everybody's used to. It's not a, an infection. It's actually a... Uh, it's a possession. It's it's a possession. There's a spirit that inhabits one host, and then the spirit comes from a box. Uh, and then that box, anybody who gets put into the box becomes the zombie. And the only way to kill those zombies is to have them decapitated. You cannot kill the original host. 
uh, without this special ceremony and uh, some other stuff. So uh, the major point of the movie is these guys barricade themselves in the, the dead and breakfast. Mm-hmm. And then uh, three of them have to leave to go get the bones of the person who died to perform the ceremony and kill the spirit. Of course we have to split up. Yeah, so they have to split up. One of my biggest pet peeves in horror movies is whenever the group says, we need to split up. Everyone knows safety in numbers. It's it's a classic human thing. There's a reason why we gathered in communities to fight off wildebeests and lions and all that stuff. It's the reason why the buddy system is Do you play so Left well known. No. No? Okay, you'd hate no. me in Left 4 Dead. <laughs> do, do you leave everybody behind? No, no, no. no. I oh. explore the entire map very thoroughly as everybody tries to push forward. And I'm like, hey, I found some stuff for you guys here. And you're like, where the fuck did you go? <laughs> Why are you running away? We were dealing with the tank. Oh, it's okay. I came just in time to kill it. <laughs> Although that's exactly like when me and my buddies play Warzone. Because they'll always be like, we're going to stick in this one house. And I'm like, no, I got to go to my contracts. And then, yeah, they get mad at me. But same idea. <laughs> Good old Warzone, yep. So, I mean, so, yeah. So I with mean, this you, got, you got to have the split up. It's just it's what's expected. Yep. But they split up. And they then, split up, they uh, get the bones. Pretty much everybody dies except for uh, Sarah, uh, Melody, and the Drifter that was came around. Unfortunately, we did lose Randall Keith Randall. And it's a sad, sad end. Yeah, he didn't get to have a reprise for his thing about how <laughs> a guy with two girls, and if only this were a different type of film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know he'd probably say something about that. Again. <laughs> oh, yeah. So uh, another thing to point out about special effects in that is that this movie was made in 2005 with a lovely budget of $500,000. And keep in mind, probably a good chunk of that went to the David Carradine appearance in the film. Probably, yeah. Probably. <laughs> I mean, you know, Portia del Rey is like... Portia del Rossi. Sorry. Portia del Rossi. The, probably not a real person with del Rey. <laughs> um... Uh, like she hasn't really broken out yet, right? Yeah. So, and that everyone else, and everyone else career. in there, they're all like character actors, basically. So, yeah. show up, get your SAG fifteen thousand dollars or whatever. Who knows where Oz Perkins is now? Uh, uh I think he's in that uh, magical land, trying to get uh, the girl through Ruby's slippers out. Oh, oh. <sighs> Uh, or you know he could be on the hot air balloon that did happen oh jeez it's a great uh, form of transportation I think it's better than our LRT but uh, <laughs> if only this had video oh man <laughs> I mean uh, still pretty great that everything they're able to do for so little exactly um, and I feel like there'd probably be some people that would say, oh, it's pretty obvious considering, you know, like the, the blood and guts and whatnot. And I just sit there and I'm like, yeah, but you know what kind of movie this is, right? Yeah, we're not looking for the greatest actor award here or best special effects. We're just looking to laugh. Right. But I mean more in the sense that, like, we're not we're not making a war movie here or anything like that. We don't need to see, like, the actual effects of what happens when you shoot someone in the head with a shotgun we don't need to see that 
We'll leave that for 1917. Exactly. So the movie was made for 500000 Do you know how much it uh, it made, box office? Never actually got released like that. Oh, no. <laughs> really? Yeah. As so far wait. as I can tell, there was no box office uh, numbers or anything like that. I looked oh. them up. Oh, so this was probably one of those things that, uh, like, it probably went to, like, a couple art house theaters or something like that to, like, have, you know, for, like, their zombie festivals or whatever. Yeah, we're and then just, like, the festival went thing. straight to DVD. Yep. Actually, I don't even know if it went to DVD. <laughs> that was probably Oh, VHS. no. <laughs> That's a good point. Oh, you would have had it on, like, VHS and DVD, probably. Yeah, it was basically film festivals it was released at. Uh, it did actually make an appearance in 2004 in Can- in Calgary, actually. Oh, nice. Calgary Film Festival. We nice. could have been there in 2004. My sibling. Oh, oh no. it was 2004, not 2005. My bad. I got my numbers mixed up. Just a oh. bunch of young kids that are zombie movie enthusiasts. Well, well, maybe 2005 was when it finally, like, came out on, like, you know, actual media, right? So you could come, so you could go to Blockbuster and rent it. Yeah, because it'll usually come out on the festival scene before it's released. Yeah, yeah, and they never, and uh, they don't base it off of the festival appearances, because it's not released. So, since we're talking about festivals and all that, uh, what would you guys rate this movie? Cameron, you first? Why do you want me to go first? Why, not? Why don't we get Gareth to go first? Because your name is first on the screen. Oh, being fine. <laughs> I'm going alph- alphabetically. <laughs> All right, fair enough. But then what if we go by Ben? No, darn, first I name still have to go first. I'm going by, yeah, this, by this very strange <laughs> system of characters. I believe they call it an alphabete. <laughs> pretty much every system you're going first. I know. I know. Um, <clears throat> okay. So... At first, so kind of like at the beginning of the episode of of us talking, I would say I probably would have rated this like a three and a half out of ten. I don't say that because it's like horrible and absolutely needs to like go in the bin. As far as I'm concerned, five out of ten is bad for a film review for me because that basically means that I like felt nothing about it. If it's like a one, that means that I had like a pretty negative reaction, which is still good because it got a reaction out of me. So three and a half, I'd say kind of not great. You know, I don't watch a lot of films like this, so this is not really my jam. But then if we've been talking about it and there's been more stuff to kind of like change my opinion in a way, I got to say like seven and a half out of ten. Yes, this is not, you know, well, this citizen. Isn't... This is not Citizen Kane, but this was entertaining. And my thoughts on the first third of the film being like really bad have changed quite a bit. So now I'm like, honestly, entertaining. I enjoyed my time. I will probably enjoy future watchings of this film at this time of the year. Fair enough. But uh, if this isn't your jam, then what else are you going to put on your graham cracker? Who puts jam on graham crackers, Miles? That's what marshmallows are for. (laughs) Oh, so you like the musician marshmallow. Got it. (laughs) Uh, Once Gareth is done uh, pinching his nose and uh, dealing with my my puns. Yeah, let me me bring it back together. Center. Centering breaths. Center mass, just like there's... What did my sensei teach me? This is, this is very, very oh, Did your sensei from... teach you the thing where, like, you know, man, baseball's all wrong, man with four balls and a walk? Oh. 
How many children do you have? Legitimate and illegitimate. Oh, I can't actually answer that. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> the lawyers are still hounding me. Uh, oh, I lived a f- somewhat promiscuous young life. I, you lived a full life. Very full life. I can die anytime and I'll be okay. This is genetic gone. immortality. This has gone to places that we normally don't go to on this podcast. <laughs> you threw no. me in. I'm a wild card. Uh, for, so for this movie, I'm going to give it six and a half toes out of ten. Uh, the joke being that I blasted one of my toes off a couple weeks ago. Um, but yeah, so this movie, I would say I have to consider it for what it is. It's a, it, it is a comedy horror zombie movie. So again, I'm not going to be comparing comparing it against like Lord of the Rings or something, but you're right. Com- it's compared a, it's to a Z grade film, right? No, no, nah. I, oh, I get it. Yeah. yeah. I would have said C, but okay. Yeah. yeah. Zombie movie. Got it. <laughs> I got it. But yeah, like, cause c- compared to other zombie movies that have come out during the time, um, this one wasn't, you know, amazing as far as comedy zombie movies go. Like, you know, there's Zombie Land, which was a bit better done. There was Shaun of the Dead, which was a bit better done. Oh, but they have um, so much higher budget. But again, like again, yeah, considering the budget, considering the fact that this movie did still get a couple genuine laughs, and considering the fact that this movie was, you know, good for what it was, I'm giving it a six and a half out of ten. It's it's a little above average, not amazing, but if you have the time, watch it. Evil Dead. That's what that's what I was thinking that this reminded me of. Evil Dead. Evil Dead's pretty good. Uh, I would personally give it uh, two out of three Randall Keith Randalls. <laughs> so Randall Keith then, right? Instead of Randall Keith Randall. The most patrician <laughs> of rating systems. Two out of three. <laughs> two out of three, not one half. <laughs> Randall squared Randall. Or Randall <laughs> squared Keith. <laughs> but I mean, clearly you do like this because you're the one who always like reminds me of it. Well, well, of course, well, it's it's a good movie, and I do like my movies, and I like everything to have like a lot of plot and a lot of background, but every now and then you do have to just zone out and enjoy something stupid, and in my case, I'm not a huge fan of uh, things like the uh, gold member, or not gold member, well... Are you talking about James Bond? Uh, Austin Powers, I'm not, oh, like, I'm oh, not a huge okay. fan of that kind of comedy. Oh, okay, So to I me, see. this is just that, like, it's dumb enough for me to like... Or it's, it's smart enough for me to like, but not dumb enough for me to start to hate. Yeah. So mm, it is it. one of my favorite movies in terms of a movie that I can just put on and not really have to watch. And I'd be okay with it because I know I, know I enjoy it. Yeah, you're not going to miss too many important plot points because there aren't many plot points. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I mean, as we seem to have discovered while talking about this... To be fair, they, they did can... find the one plot that mattered. That's the plot that has the doc, Mr. Right Weiss, Mr. Wise. Yes, yes, we did find his grave. It's pretty gangster to take somebody's bones and use them as a weapon. Yeah. That sounds incriminating. Not that I would ever do it, but for film purposes, it is an acceptable choice. Yeah. Well, I guess. Uh, oh, well, wait! I forgot. To, uh, That's not when it an comes action. to a cult. Uh, the weirder. The more things watch, so that's true. Mm. It's just like a horror movie, except the audience is just a little stranger. Perhaps yeah. a stranger thing. Uh, okay, I think we need to stop. <laughs> this is. I'm about to get jumped over the table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I... 
I got a couple good licks in there too, just to like kind of even it out. But uh, Miles, Miles, you must be silenced. <laughs> Bring on the crap. I'm going to take this moment here to just again thank Gareth for joining us here on Have You Ever Heard Of? Oh, no uh, worries. I look forward to coming back for another episode one day. Yeah. Well, uh, you want to tell us a little bit about, because uh, you have a podcast too, don't you? Yeah, very different feel than this podcast. Uh, I'm the host of the Ranger Gareth podcast, where we mostly talk about different kind of nature things in and around Alberta, and I'm going to be expanding my episodes over the next few weeks to cover more national uh, climate and environmental wildlife issues. Uh, so check it out at www.rangergareth.com or find me on Instagram at rangergareth. Awesome. I'm sure you'll probably hear us on there because we're outdoorsy people too. Nice. <laughs> you know, that actually reminds me that we should have thought about the implications of doing seances on dead people and what the effects on the environment could be. Technically, isn't resuscitating a zombie the ultimate form of recycling? It's a form of recycling. <laughs> hmm. We're going to ponder that <laughs> and... Uh, We'll see everyone next time. I mean, it's a great workforce. Oh, right. <laughs> Johnny, stay away from that box. Say, Johnny, stay away from that box. Pretend it's a girl under 18. If you touch the box, it's trouble, if you know what I mean. I said, oh, Johnny, stay away from that box. Don't touch it, Johnny.